welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to your Wednesday podcast. Today, I have a special guest. You know, the, the bug is going through my family, and so we've had fevers and temperatures and colds and Bobby Jean's not feeling great right now. And I looked out my window, and my favorite cousin was walking across the street, the yeah. one and only mm-hmm. Carrie Corver. Mm-hmm. I knew you guys were guessing Carrie Corver was the favorite cousin. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so now we have the opportunity for Corver cousin chats here. Is yes. That, is that the new thing? That's it. That's it. Yeah. And so, um, Carrie, I initially asked her, I said, hey, Carrie, I have to carry something across the street. And she was so kind. I said, sure, I'll help you. So I gave her two microphones and our little box here. Now, here we are. I said, Carrie, you're going to record a <laughs> podcast with me. Yeah, we so love it. We sat down, read Matthew 2, and now we're going to talk about it. So, Carrie, just kind of how this works is, you know, Matthew 2 is 23 verses. Oftentimes, this is read and preached at Christmas time. It's a story of the Magi visiting Jesus, then Jesus, Mary, and Joseph escaping to Egypt, and then returning to Nazareth. And so, kind of our goal here is just to normalize reading the Bible and normalize talking about it. Like you don't need a PhD or some massive degree to read this and understand it. So basically mm-hmm. what we do is basically say, what stands out to you? We'll start right. at the beginning. So verse one, kind of working our way down. What was the initial thing that stood off the page when you read this? I just was thinking about the Magi and I don't totally know all the history, but I'm assuming that they have been waiting their entire lives for this moment. Yeah. And so we, it goes down a ways and they get they end up saying they are overjoyed to see the star, but just the entire process of their lives waiting for this moment, this had to be a pretty big deal. For sure. For sure. So yeah, like you said, no one knows who the Magi are. They're wise men. There's probably a lot more than three. We think there's three because of the three gifts. Um, But as our church, we've been preaching out of Daniel. And so who a lot of historians think these men might be is at the end of Daniel, you get a hint that Cyrus the Great is going to send God's people back home. Because eventually then Jesus is born and is, um, yeah, you know, becomes Jesus that we know who he is, fully God, fully man in his ministry. But not all the exiles returned from exile. Some of them stayed. Mm-hmm. It's like Daniel was 90 years old. He didn't make the trip home. He stayed. They think that these magi might be some people of Jewish descent that stayed in, you know, there was Babylon and Persia and then Greece and then and now Rome, that they mm-hmm. stayed in exile and had some familiarity with Jewish traditions in Jewish scripture, and they just knew someday a Messiah is going to be born. Hmm. They probably dabbled in all the other astrologies and mythologies of the other places. But like you said, clearly they were studying and knew someday something's going to happen that's going to indicate the Messiah is born. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we don't know if they were looking out their window for a, a year or <laughs> 30 years, right? But, but it happened, right? which is pretty cool. Yeah, and they probably didn't know if it would be in their lifetime or not. Like, yeah. who knows? But you're just faithfully watching yeah. <laughs> and being prepared. Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. And so when you go through the next couple of verses, they show up. They talk to this guy named King Herod. Again, for mm-hmm. you who have been listening, we just finished Acts. When Paul stands trial before he goes to Rome at the end of Acts, remember when Bernice and King Agrippa, incestuous relationship there, not cool. Um, King Agrippa is the great-grandson of King Herod. Mm-hmm. So his great-grandpa was trying to kill Jesus, and now Agrippa is sending Paul to Rome to die, which is actually part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. But that's how you kind of connect the dots of this biblical story. Yeah. And he's jealous because when these guys come to him, these magi, and they say, hey, we've come to, to worship the, the king. 
it says that King Herod was troubled. Mm. I'm trying to track down which verse it actually says that. Mm. Uh, verse 3, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. That stands out to me because I bet in Herod's heart and his mind, he's threatened. Mm-hmm. Someone's come to threaten his power and his authority. Yeah. So Herod's obviously a tyrant. He did a lot of bad things. He was a, a decent leader initially, and then went crazy and started killing all of his own family even because he was so paranoid they are going to come and take his throne. Mm-hmm. And what our sin does is our sin builds our own little kingdoms up, and we think it's pretty important. So there are times when God invites me to follow him. I read the scriptures and think about the invitation of Jesus. And sometimes it can be offensive and threatening to the things that I'm like white knuckling and clinging mm-hmm. to. And God says, let go, Clark. Like, mm-hmm. I know it's best. Follow me. Yeah. So I think that's probably why Herod's disturbed. He realizes his, his worldly authority is about to get stripped in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And he's not happy about it. Yeah. So he calls the Magi secretly and then they keep following the star. Yeah. Really fast back to Herod. I mean, probably just the misconception of what King Jesus, what this Messiah was going to be like as far as what power Jesus was really after. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like King Herod, if he could have known, maybe it wouldn't have been such a big deal. Yeah. He had no concept. I'm going to hang out with the tax collectors and the sinners. I'm not (laughs) going for your gold crown, buddy. Yeah. Isn't that funny how even like the the quote unquote bad guys of the story have misconceptions and then Mm -hmm. even the disciples, like everybody is confused by Jesus kingdom. Like. What kind of king are you? I'm convinced that's why Judas betrayed Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think eventually he realized, wait a second, you're really just going to keep on healing people and praying and preaching. You're not going to go against Rome. Right. I'm going to turn you over and get some silver out of this, mm-hmm. is what I, I think. Right. But another thing that's so interesting is the star. Hmm. The, the, it could have been really easy for the Magi to stay where they're at. Like probably modern day Iran, that's where the Persians were from. It's, but hey, there it is. That's the star. That's what we've been waiting for. Like, we've mm-hmm. seen it. Let's thank God and pray and write this down in our scroll, and everyone will talk about this, how this star really rose. Mm-hmm. But they don't just sit there and admire the star. The star is like a means to an end. Mm-hmm. It points them to somebody else, and they and they actually go. So it's not enough to have, like, this like divine encounter. You actually have to like act on it and live it out and follow totally. it. Totally. And that could look like a million different things. But then they pack up, probably go hundreds of miles. Not sure what to expect, really. Mm-hmm. Because the other kind of misconception is in the artwork of Christmas, they have like the Magi showing up to this tiny little baby, newly born Jesus. Jesus is probably like a year old now. He's probably running around, mm-hmm. you know, causing problems and mischief, like getting into <laughs> yeah. stuff, you know. But getting gold presents. But getting it. really cool presents. I don't know. <laughs> what do you want for Christmas next year, Carrie? <laughs> yeah. Gold? Mer. Frankincense? For sure. Let's do it. I got you, cuz. Yeah. Um, they probably, I wonder if some of them felt foolish or if they were so convinced in their heart, no, that's the star. This is happening. We're going. Or some of them were like, eh, I'm not positive, but I'm going to go for the adventure. Like, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Um, well, I think that your word is probably got to be encouraging for us today because I'm not sure of many people who are like 100% sure. Like Mm -hmm. God just told me I need to buy this at target or, or or whatever it is, you know, it could be a lot bigger thing. I don't know anyone that is like, again, 100% sure this is a fact. Mm -hmm. There's gotta be like a hunch. Like, I think this is what the Holy Spirit's inviting me into right now. Yeah. You pray, you discern. I don't know. What do you think of that? Just like kind of moving through life, yeah. You can move through confidently, but not like the heavens aren't parting. 
Mm-hmm. God's audible voice is not calling down to say, Carrie, here's the next job you are to take. Right. Yeah. Like a still small voice that you just kind of have to follow, even if you feel a little nuts. Like, I feel like that's most of the time. And yeah. then every once in a while you get the really clear, whatever, like the, the C's part and you know, yeah. but a lot of times it's just this little thing inside of you that you have to listen to. <laughs> yeah. It's that still quiet voice. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So then what happens is they bring the, the gifts to Jesus, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so funny because Jesus is probably one year old. I'm trying to envision this, like Joseph coming home from work and he's three just gifts laying there with who knows how many people present, but they didn't give the gifts to Joseph. They didn't give the gifts to Mary. They gave them to a baby, a one-year-old toddler or whatever. Like, that's just funny to me. Yeah. Some stranger banged on my door and was like, I need to give Cruz a present. <laughs> I would say, who are you? And get out of here, you know? Right. But what's so cool is that, again, the gold, the frankincense, the myrrh, a lot of people think it points to Jesus' royalty, his divinity, and his death. Because those gifts symbolize that. Hmm. It's like, that's who Jesus was to be. That's who he was, and that's what he was going to do. He was going to die as divine and as royalty. That's cool. But what's neat is, then they have this dream, and they got to run to Egypt. They think that the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh probably was sold and gave them what they needed to live in Egypt Hmm. for however long. Wow. But you and I were just kind of talking about that, like, okay, God, you want me to go to like a foreign land? Like Clark and Carrie, you guys need to pack up your things. Clark, get your kids, head to Mexico. Right. Yeah. In verse 13, it says, stay there until I tell you in the dream. It's like, okay, that's uh, (laughs) it's a little vague, God, for moving up and going somewhere I don't know. And I have nobody, you know, that's a lot for Joseph and Mary to listen to. Yeah. I wonder how he told them, like, Eventually, it's a dream, but in the moment, you're thinking, we don't have email <laughs> or letters or tweet or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. what? Are you going to text me? How am I going to know when to go back? But the yeah. obedience to go. Mm-hmm. Right away. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just so you know, you have a little background. Karen and I have been talking just off the mic as cousins, and we've been talking about dreams lately. Mm-hmm. What do you think about all this? Like, this is how God's communicating. Yeah, I was struck by when I first read the passage, just four times dreams are mentioned. The the Magi need to, they're warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, and that protects Jesus. And then Jesus is further protected by these dreams that are coming to Joseph and Mary of, you know, go to Egypt, come back from Egypt, you know, move to Nazareth of all places, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they are obedient to it. And you wonder, we don't get to see all of it like we do in Daniel, you know, the description of what the dream exactly was with Nebuchadnezzar or whoever, but... They were willing to, if it was symbolism or if it was straightforward, they were willing to heed it and go right away. And I, yeah. I'm impressed by that. Yeah, like verse 14, he got up, took the child and his mother during the night mm-hmm. and left for Egypt. So I think another interesting learning for me is that I don't know how often Joseph had dreams and encounters, but there's some, there must have been something familiar enough about this dream going all the way back to when Jesus was almost born and Mary was pregnant, he was thinking about divorcing her quietly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, this, this is familiar. Mm-hmm. I've right. sensed this before. I think I got to act on it because it ended up being right last time. Mm-hmm. And then here, I mean, it's immediate action. That very night he woke up and said, we got to go. And it could have been minutes or hours that Jesus' life was spared. Right. So that, that call to obedience, even when you're not sure, like, am I nuts? Am I crazy? Is this for real? Mm-hmm. Yet they got up and went. 
I so. think I just would have expected, like, if if I didn't know this, you know, chapter, I would have expected for God to maybe use the booming voice in this situation. <laughs> just like, I'm going to protect yeah. my son. I'm going to make sure you get this one. Like, yeah. I'm not going to use a dream. Like, it's going to be when you're awake. Yeah. And you're Joseph, gonna your heavenly <laughs> father, get up. Yeah. Move. Yeah. But he still uses a dream. So just an interesting thought for us today of, oh, maybe dreams are important. Yeah. If God's still in a very pivotal moment in all of our Christian history, decided to use one. Yeah. I think the science behind dreams is on one hand, it's your brain's ability to like process everything that it had encountered and is trying to file the last like day or days. Mm-hmm. So that's why sometimes you have a random dream about like an avocado mm-hmm. and rice and a dragon with a knight on a beach. It's because <laughs> you went to the beach that day, you watched Sleeping Beauty and you had Chipotle that night. Yeah. Or whatever, your brain's yeah. like trying to make sense of it. And then other times though, like we believe that God still definitely does speak through dreams. Mm-hmm. And he does today. It's like that interpretation. I don't know, as you and I have talked about dreams and you're trying to figure out like, is this of God or is this the Chipotle I ate for dinner? <laughs> what advice would you have for people who are trying to make sense of this themselves? Like I had this dream. It seems different. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's of God or not. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm an expert at all. I think I'm I'm trying to ask those questions too. Like, Holy Spirit, you're the real interpreter. So can you help me first and foremost? Because I don't think I can piece this together on my own. And then maybe there's an invitation too to to consistently writing them down and kind of creating a like a I have a dream journal right now I'm working on and nice. I don't understand most of them. I and maybe the ones I even think I understand I still don't, but I'm still trying to understand them. Yeah. And some of them do seem like they're just nuts and like not from God at all. And some think some kind of seem like they're pointing towards something. Hmm. But maybe just starting the process of paying attention. Yeah. You gotta yeah. start somewhere. Yeah. Like crawl, walk, run. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we're crawling right now. Right. That's good because then it's a, it's a dream then that warns the the magi, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to go back a different way, that's kind of backtracking a little bit to verse twelve. So, they're there, and then Herod, Herod's threatened. He's angry because eventually he realizes that in verse sixteen he had been outwitted by the magi. He was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity, mm-hmm. who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the magi. So, Jesus might have been two years old or younger. Um, yeah, it's just interesting to think and see like how God's unfolding. And then behind the earthly realm, there's a spirit realm. Mm -hmm. There's like demonic forces of evil trying to take out Jesus through Herod. And the father's like, no, I'm going to use gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mm -hmm. Joseph and and marry these teenagers to escape and thwart your plans. Totally. I'm going to use warnings. I'm going to make sure it doesn't work out. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So... Anyways, that's kind of what I got. I think it's just super interesting and um, grateful for the word. And it's fun to read this apart from Christmas. Hmm. You don't have to wait till next December to get to it. But that the birth of Jesus is really important. The genealogy is really important. Mm-hmm. And uh, his ministry is about to begin. So any any final words of wisdom on your end, cuz? No, thank you for having me. I'm glad I could carry the mics over. It was an honor. I'm so glad you walked across the street when you did. All right, everybody. Well, hey, thanks for listening. Um, As always, you read Matthew chapter 2 yourself. Encourage someone else to and talk about it. And uh, we're excited to remind you that tonight we have the art in the making, prayer in the making. We have the art service. And so we invite you to come and invite others to come. If you're a profound artist, unlike me, 
we would love to have you come work on something. And if you are not an artist and want to come hang out, we do have different craft stations put together. The worship team is going to play worship music for an hour, hour and a half. And it's going to be a really restful, peaceful, worshipful time. So God bless you and hope to see you tonight. Bye-bye. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.